How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime. But the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios. Going to be with you for the full three. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take your smartphone, your Alexa speakers, your tablet, your Coleco, your Nextel, your turntable, whatever your device is. Just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show is to follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. Other side of the glass producing the show, as always, Day Day is in the house at the D. Lewis for real. Bunch of things to get into with you here. Uh, this evening uh, on the show. Um, oh, look. Look who the Braves are playing. My goodness gracious. Gosh. How about that? How about the New York Mutts, huh? Huh? How about it, huh? F the Mets. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Bring your kitties. Bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. You know, we need to have a tracker uh, just to see if if we can sweep the mutts and they can be in last place. Because right now the mutts are a game ahead of the Nats, right? So they're, they're 23 games out of first. The Nationals are 24 games out of first. Mets are 6-4 and four in their last 10. The, the Nationals are 7-3 and three in their last 10. Now the Nationals go up to New York to take on the Yankees. So that's an important series for the Yankees if they're going to try to get into this playoff picture um, at all. So, again, though, if we can sweep the mutts, who are a pig slop, flea bag, dirt bag of a franchise, disgusting, just filth, pig slop of a franchise, maybe if we can sweep the mutts, maybe the Nationals can win – Maybe at least a game over the Yuckies, the New York Yucks, um, so that we can get them at least. At, what I'm hoping for is at least a tie for last place, at least a tie. And again, it could not. Obviously, this could not happen to a better bunch of dirtbag 
scuzz bucket uh, players than the New York Mutt. Dede, I don't know if I've ever said this, but I really hate the Mutts. I really hate them. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Really? Okay. I, I wasn't sure. I, I, and it's been a long time since we've talked here. Um, but I hate the Mutts. So, again, your lineup for this evening, uh, Ronnie Harris-Riley, Olsen, Ozuna, Murphy, Pilar, Orlando Arcia, and getting his first start of the year, Vaughn Grissom at the second base. Now, the other piece of good news uh, for the Braves, besides the fact that they won two out of three against, you know, the team's been pretty good. Giants have been pretty good. They've been second in that Western division behind the Dodgers. Um, the other piece of good news is that our long national nightmare is over. As the Braves today, and he's pitching tonight, they officially called up Alan Winans, and they put Yanni Chirinos on the 15-day injured list, backdated to August 20th with right elbow inflammation. Can I tell you, this is code for Rodney. You, you ever see the movie Caddyshack? Ooh, my arm. <laughs> my arm's broken. My arm is broken. Magically, just out of nowhere, Cinderella story, Yanni Chirinos ends up on the IL. 15-day IL, by the way, too. 15-day IL. That'll get you between now and September, and they can make all the call-ups and everything like that. Can I tell you, it, it was way past time. Way past time. I think his last three starts for the Braves, I think it was 12 and two-thirds innings and 16 earned runs. 16 earned runs in 12 and two-thirds. Way past time. That experiment was way over with. And I know that the Braves actually, they won those games. Yes, because he pitched so well. That's because their offense could just club the daylights out of everybody. That's why they won, because they don't because they average 5.8 runs per game. That's why they're winning, not because of Yanni Chirinos and his 16 runs in 12 innings of starts. They win because their offense bashes and mashes all over the field. So our long national nightmare is over. Where and I was hearing Abe Gordon talk about this yesterday. I, I listened. I was driving around with my daughter and just listening for a few minutes to Abe here and there. And he was talking about. And I agree with him. Everybody has been on board. I I, I don't care who you are in Atlanta. Everybody's been on board with the idea of Yanni Chirinos needed to be either sent down or DFA'd or whatever. When you know the Tampa Bay Rays are in a fist fight for their division, right? Like, they're in a street fight, gang fight with barbed wire bats and chains wrapped around their fists to try to win, you know, uh, try to get first place from the Baltimore Orioles. They looked at him and said, yeah, we don't need him. Yeah, we, we don't. We, we, we ain't got no use for him. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're better off without him. That, that's how bad it is for him. So, hopefully, this will be, you know, obviously the last that we will see of him. Um, is he's going to be on the IL now for a couple of weeks. And, look, um, you know, Alan Winans, again, you, you know what I've, I've been saying day-to-day on my podcast? A, B, C. Anybody but Chirinos. A, B, C. Anybody but Chirinos. Uh, anybody. I don't care if it's somebody off of the Decatur softball field that throws underhand. I'd rather see that than see Yanni make another start where you feel like, you know, like when in the old days when Clayton Kershaw, when he'd get the ball and you felt like, okay, there's no way we're going to lose this game. Okay. I felt the exact opposite about Yanni. Every time he took the ball, it was, oh, my God, like we got no shot in this game. That's the way every start of his felt like was like, oh, my God, like we're we're not going to be able to win. We, we, we can't do anything with this guy. And, you know, again, so he's now on the IL. We'll see what Alan Winans uh, has. Um, we'll keep up to date uh, with everything uh, Braves uh, related here uh, this evening. Uh, good win on the road for Atlanta United. That was much needed. Um, so good uh, good action there. A um, lot, of, lot of stars. Yakamaki, I mean, obviously, 
He was on the All-MLS team. Did you see where Gonzalo Pineda was the MLS Coach of the Week? Whew, how often has that happened? <laughs> how, how, how many times in the last couple of years have we seen that? Our co- you, you mean to tell me our coach did well? well our, 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 you mean we actually coached well? Anyway, yes, I'm taking a shot at Atlanta United. Yes, it's it's been you know a very tumultuous. Well, I, I shouldn't say tumultuous. I mean, it's been it's been a very up and down kind of year for Atlanta United. But that was a that was a good road win uh, for them. So um, good for Atlanta United to to get the uh, win. Uh, Falcons, uh, obviously, and we'll get more into this here coming up in about um, in about ten minutes from right now. But um, look. Uh, you know, 35,000-foot view, I thought the Falcons played well. I thought their starters did what they had to do. Uh, I talked about the idea of on uh, when we were together last week that I, I wanted to see Desmond Ritter throw the football. And he had 10 dropbacks on 17 plays. He had nine pass attempts and the one run. He had 10 dropbacks on 17 plays. That's what I wanted to see. I, again, I know Desmond Ritter can turn and hand it off to Bijan and Algier and Cordero. I know he can do that. I want to see him throw the football. And and I like the way that they rolled him out and they let him throw it around a little bit. So that was all good. And defense played pretty well. I mean, again, I understand no Joe Burrow and all this, you know, kind of stuff. But, again, we'll, we'll break more of that down uh, coming up here in, in about 10 minutes from right now. But just all the way around. Now now we get ready for Thursday, right? Then the, believe it or not, what, what did we talk about, you know, a couple weeks ago? Like, hey, you know, the preseason is going to go by in a heartbeat. Well, guess what? Thursday, the preseason's over. After Thursday night, the preseason is officially done, and we're going to be start heading toward, well, first thing will be cuts, the big cut down after that, and then getting ready for the regular season. You know, we're, we're in, what, about the last, this the last full week of August, uh yeah, because today's what the twenty first. Yeah, this is like my daughter. Yeah, so this is the last. Four, I think this yeah. is the fourth Monday that my daughter has been in school. Yeah, this, this was her fourth Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, actually, well, they went back on a Tuesday. Yeah, they went back on Tuesday. But the, the still, first, dang but, near the fourth week. Yeah, 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 it's 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 week number four. Um, you know, being back uh, in school, so uh, crazy to think. But again, we're nearing the end of the month and. Falcons preseason is going to be over with uh, here. Uh, how was uh, Corky Kell over the weekend? I mean, I was listening just little bits and pieces, but how did all that go down? Oh, man, great, great uh, time for us uh, on Saturday. Of course, you know, we carried all the games on Saturday. And uh, just really good, man, seeing uh, – Seeing all the all the action, man. I mean, high school football has officially gotten underway. It was a good week one for Georgia high school football because you had a lot of big matchups. You had Buford, who's you know was going into the matchup considered the number seven team in the nation. I believe taking on the number three three or four team in the nation, and they blanked them eighteen nothing. Buford blanked them, uh, St. Francis. So that was a good going. You had a really big matchup on the west side with uh. Carrollton and Langston Hughes, of course, Langston Hughes won 6A last year, and Carrollton was in the 7A championship game. Unfortunately, he lost, but two of the top quarterbacks in the country, different uh, classifications, but still, um, that one came down to the to the wire with Langston Hughes winning by five. So, I mean, just a lot of good football. And, then, of course, like you said, the Corky Kell Classic wrapping up on Saturday, man, and uh, it was great. Man. So this, this coming Friday will be our first official – High school scoreboard show, right? Correct. Yep. So this this will be again. We had Corky Kell this past Friday, but this Friday starts our coverage of the Georgia high school score. What is it called? The, the high, high school, school scoreboard, scoreboard show. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it'll be Sam Crenshaw. It'll be Coach Parker, mm-hmm. and who's producing the show? This, uh, this week, I believe, because it's going to be you know a mix up, uh, not mix up, but you know we'll be swapping. Yeah, around. you guys rotate around. Yeah, so uh, this week Garrett's going to be producing. Okay, yeah. So Garrett's going to be involved. You're going to be involved. Yes. Is Dylon going to be involved? Uh, from time to time, when he's available, okay. he will. When, be when he's not big timing, <laughs> yeah. When it, when he's when he's not doing the morning shaft or uh, what what's that thing called uh, uh, peach tree football peach pit football thing <laughs> he's got so he's got the peach pit football he's got the morning shaft so when he's not big time in you guys when he actually can you know hang around some of the smaller folks smaller <laughs> part time and and you know lower tiered full time 
people. He'll he'll you know pop his head. Is his yeah. girlfriend doing um, stuff for the show? Uh, this I don't year? know. She hasn't. I know he was supposed to check for her, uh, check with her to see if she was going to have. Because okay. I think her schedule's kind of gotten a little busy. And then who? Well. Uh, Eric Slaughter is he going to be Slaughter part of it? Will be Slaughter okay. will help out as well. Um, and uh, so we'll have a team of we'll have a team of folks on the streets, right? Correct. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a team of folks covering all of the high school football action. So obviously it's. Yeah, we're we're huge about high school football here, and obviously, you know, this is one of the best high school football, you know, states in the country. I mean, this is top tier and doesn't take a backseat um, to anybody. But every Friday, moving forward through the high school football season, we will have the high school football scoreboard show, and obviously, Sam Crenshaw, Coach Parker, they will have all of the coverage here in studio, and then it'll be a cavalcade of stars. Let's say it like that: it'll be be a cavalcade of stars that is on the streets covering uh, all the big games throughout the uh, entire season. So, anyway, all right, 404-726-0929. We're going to open up the phone lines to you. I'll give you my thoughts about the Falcons, but have you seen enough of the starters to be satisfied? I I know most fans are going to say no, but uh, I'm I'm open to your calls and thoughts about what we saw on Friday night from the Atlanta Falcons. 404-726-0929. Chuck, you're hanging out in the Key Studios on this Monday evening. Sports Radio, not to the game, odyssey.com out. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this 
Monday evening with you. All right, 404-726-0929. Thoughts about the Falcons on Friday night? And have the starter did the starters do enough for you? You know, I, I know fans are always, you know, wanting more, but you know, in today's NFL with with only three games and the way that the union and you know, the owners and everything have negotiated away all the practices. I mean, you know, things have things are not going to get played. You know, there's not going to be a whole bunch of starters that are going to play a lot of games. I mean, just the reality of it. You're not going to see your starters for an extended period of time. You've got, you know, you got to evaluate in the games. And, again, most of this stuff is going to happen in practice. But I, we, we always used to hear this about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Oh, well, they, they've got to get on the same page. They played for a decade together. They, they, they had plenty of opportunity to get on the same page. If, if the Falcons flutter to start the season, it won't be because Desmond Ritter and Kyle Pitts aren't on the same page. They needed to play more in the preseason. They get all of that in practice. They get everything that they need in practice for it, right? And, and that's, that's where you're evaluating everything. But I thought the Falcons played well. I mean, I liked what I saw out of our offensive starters. You know, Des- I wanted to see Desmond Ritter throw the football around, 10 dropbacks and 17 plays, I believe it was, 7 of 9, 80 yards. You know, he was off target a little bit. Pitts made a really nice catch uh, turning around. Robinson made the one-handed snag. Um, London made a really nice catch down the sideline. I mean, I thought the starters played well. The only thing that, that frustrated me is just we got we got to punch it in. And part of that was just the, what, five penalties, I believe, on that opening drive that just killed that drive. Can't have that happen. But, again, this is this is preseason week number two. You know, this is not this is not week one of the regular season. It's still in the preseason. you got to get through these kinks and these bumps in the road and different things like that. But, again, I will go back to the stat that I'm going to watch heavily is – are we two out of three touchdowns in the red zone? Are we a 67% red zone touchdown percentage team? That's the number I want to see. Because you see that all of this personnel, the John U. Smiths and the Kyle Pitts and the B. John Robinsons, there is no excuse. And that's that's anything short of 67% in the red zone is an excuse. No reason for this team to not be Two out of every three times they get in the red zone, they have a touchdown. And that's that's how the Falcons are going to win a lot of games this year. That's how the Falcons are going to turn this thing around and, you know, arguably find themselves leading the division after 17 weeks. So that was the only frustrating thing that I saw really on offense. You know, again, for the rest of the offense, you know, it was fine. I mean, you know, Taylor Heineke was fine. Um, I like the fact that we threw it 36 times because, again, I know that we can turn and hand it off. Any one of our quarterbacks can turn and hand it off to guys. I want to see us throw the football. I want to see can we be competent because, again, we talked about this. We were not competent last year throwing the football. We, we were not a competent passing team. You can't. There's a difference between not being a good passing team and being incompetent passing team. And we looked incompetent for most of the year last year. We've got too many weapons and we've invested too high a draft capital to be an incompetent passing team. So it was good to see us throw the football around. And obviously, look, the B. John Robinson carry, right? He had the 12-yard first down run, got everybody excited, felt like he was going to break off another run. Um, But, you know, obviously good things out of him. He finished with four carries for 20 yards and he had a long of 12, average five yards a carry. I mean, all, all good. You know, I mean, again, I feel like that we saw what we needed to see. There's some things to clean up, but by and large, I thought Ritter and the running backs and receivers, you know, whatever they're called nowadays, thought they played well. The only thing that was frustrating for me was our pass rush. And, yeah, I mean, look. You need to sack Trevor Simeon. You know, again, that that's a guy. And, you know, again, the only way that the Bungles ran the football was because Jake Browning, he led them in rushing. I mean, he had 
50 yards rushing out of the quarterback spot, but the defense shut down the run game of the Bungles. They shut down, really, their offense, but, you know, again, we need to sack the quarterback. That That's my only beef is, you know, we got the one late sack, um, you know, in the game, but I needed to see, you know, more, right? I needed I needed to see, you know, more out of that. And, and obviously, you know, week one, we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of turnovers and aggressiveness and things like that. I needed to see us win more of our one-on-one battles. But we did get the one sack. Helms, I thought, played well again um, second week in a row that he, you know, had played well. And obviously he came up with the, with the interception. So I thought that the defense, by and large, and again, it's hard to, it's hard to get a feel for, you know, what the Bengals, you know, were going to be just because, again, they didn't play Jamar Chase and they didn't play Joe Burrow. You know, we didn't get a chance to see the, you know, the superstars. And, look, the Bengals are an offensive-loaded team. You know, Joe Burrow didn't even travel with the team. They're an off- they're, an, they're a high-powered, high-caliber bazooka offense. And we saw that last year, right? We saw how the, the, the Bungles offense just took it right to our, our defense. And that's the game where, uh, what, A.J. Terrell got hurt. Was it A.J. Terrell or was it Casey Hayward? That, uh, that guy, I think it, it might have been Hayward that got hurt. I can't remember which one of the two starting corners got hurt, but that's when we had to play Cardinal Armstrong. And, you know, God bless Cardinal Armstrong, but uh, Cornell Armstrong, but uh, he had to line up against Jamar Chase, and there was no way he was going to win that battle. And that was a tough spot to to have to go into. But they're a high-powered, high-caliber offense, and obviously they've had some issues on their offensive line over the last couple few years. I mean, Teams get after Joe Burrow. Teams sack Joe Burrow. So, if anything, for def- the defensive side of the football, that's the thing that I wanted to see. That's the, that's the one thing that I wanted to see. London had a really nice catch, um, you know, early on. Um, Mac Hollins had a couple of nice catches. Um, you know, look, I, I think we're good at pass catcher. For everybody who wanted more pass catchers and things like that, I think we're good. We can throw it to Robinson and any and all of our running backs, Pitts, Kadero Hodge, you know, uh, Matt Collins, um, you know, even guys like J.J. Arcega Whiteside. You know, if he ends up making this team, and obviously Scotty Miller is going to make the team, but I, I think we have enough pass catchers. I think that we we are good there, and I've seen people you know talking about the idea of you know obviously the big talk for a while was we need to add more guys that catch the football or Julio Jones, or this, or that, or whatever like that. I think we're good there. I thought our offensive line did some good things. I will tell you, you know, Jalen Mayfield had his struggles. When, and, and, you know, when, when you ask Jalen Mayfield, when you, when you watch Mayfield, if he can just go north and south and run block, and they had Jake Math, or sorry, they had, um, had Jalen Mayfield lined up at the left tackle spot. If he can go north and south and just run block, he might be okay. If you get into intricacies and passing, you know, pass blocking and all this kind of stuff, then there might be some trouble. I thought Bergeron played well for what he did play. I was hoping that he would play. He's the one guy that I was hoping would play longer. But, you know, again, he was he was lined up with Jalen Mayfield uh, to his left. And, um, you know, that that was like, I don't know, that was kind of scary, you know, at, at one point. But, no, I mean, I thought Bergeron played pretty well. Was he outstanding? No. You know, but I think I thought he did some good things. Um, I, I thought that he held his own and he at least looked competent. Now, again, can't really tell from what was going on, you know, just as far as when, when you're mixing and matching, you know, all your offensive linemen and stuff, and you're playing Jalen Mayfield at left tackle, that's not playing Jake Matthews, or, you know, at left tackle. That, that's a little bit of a step below Jake Matthews is Jalen Mayfield when you're putting him at left tackle. But Again, if you keep Mayfield in a box and do what he does best, I think he can be at least a competent tackle for this team. And potentially, maybe he's going to win that swing tackle job. Maybe not. There's going to be some interesting cuts come after this final preseason game, which, by the way, happens on Thursday night as uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers will be here uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium Thursday. Pre-game at the 5.30, 7.30 on the kick with uh, Wes and Dave having the call. But 
there'll be some interesting cuts to come because they have the big player dump. And I'm going to be curious to see if the Falcons look at picking guys up. Now that we know Matt Hennessy is on season-ending IR, and this was my big fear, and I've talked about this. I don't know, Day-Day, if we had – I don't know if we talked about this on Tuesday when we were here last, but because uh, I don't remember when the, when the uh, Hennessy injury happened, but this was my big fear was that Bergeron was going to have to play because of injury. Right. It wasn't going to be competition – it was going to be just like what Mayfield had this to play. This is what it is, right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's it's situation where hopefully we're not throwing too much on Matthew Bergeron too quickly. And obviously, you know, look, he's a, a talented kid, um, second-round pick. They wouldn't have drafted him there if he wasn't a talented pick. But when you're talking about it, and, and I talk about this all the time, this is not beer league softball. This is not your your regular third baseman gets hurt and you got to take your center fielder and plug him in at third and live for a day with it and, you know, go, uh, go eat wings and drink beer, you know, after the game is over, you know, these are, these are tougher things to do than just plug up, you know, your beer league softball, you know, mix and matching of guys. And that's the one thing that I worry about with Bergeron is just, is it too much too soon? Are, are you putting him into a pressure cooker and that's why, look, I, I would like the Falcons to go out and get themselves a legitimate guard. Uh, I don't think Kyle Hinton is a, a viable uh, piece. Um, I know the one kid that they signed, uh, they, they signed some guy um, just off the scrap heap. But um, once all these cuts happen, I wouldn't mind them seeing them go out and try to find themselves a guard that if he could just be competent. So just in case, just as a fail-safe, because I still have my concerns about you know, Bergeron and Dolman side by side with one another. I certainly had my concerns about Hennessy and Dolman side by side, but uh, I feel a little bit better about Bergeron. I think he's got the size and strength to, to be able to maneuver people around. But, um, you know, overall, I thought that the Falcons did, you know, plenty of good things for what, for what the game was, right? For, for just the fact of seeing our starters, and now we get into Pittsburgh, and most likely you won't see anybody. You know, there'll there'll be some guys. There'll be there'll be some guys that you that you see. Um, you know, again, we saw Ebicady play a lot in week one. You know, there'll be some guys that will play, the D Alfords and things like that, that, you know, are probably gonna have significant playing time for this team. But by and large, we won't see the, the Ritters and the Pitts and the Londons and, and I do think that they did enough. I mean, again, I it's it's a different day in the NFL. It's not the four games and you have your routine, and week three is the dress rehearsal and all this kind of stuff. Now it's a matter of it's a fast evaluation, and now it's a matter of, two, you're not getting your guys hurt because you got 17 weeks now. You know, having the extra regular season game, say what you will, but that's another week of prep and, and physicality that you have to account for. And you only have the one bye week that's in the mix. So I thought the Falcons played well. I thought they did what they had to do with their first-string offense. I thought the defense was still bend but don't break. Just want to see more pass rush. Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. The thing I want to see. All right, when we get back, Lauren Williams will join us, Hawks beat writer, as uh, we'll talk some Hawks basketball with her, take a look at the schedule, among other things. Chuck, we hanging out in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 910 in the game, Odyssey.com app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Monday evening. Is Well, we got the NBA schedule the other day, and, uh, of course, early October it will be officially Hawks season as uh, they will get into training camp. And uh, preseason games come up, I think, October 10th as the mm-hmm. uh, preseason schedule will get underway. Let's head out to the wadefor.com hotline. Let's talk to our friend of the show. She is the beat writer for the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta journal constitution lauren williams joins us and of course you can follow lauren on her personal twitter page at williams lauren l and of course check out all of her work at ajc.com lauren as always appreciate a few minutes on the show with me this evening i'm so happy to be be back <laughs> <laughs> well a um, couple things Let, let's talk about uh, both the uh, regular season and preseason schedule mm-hmm. i do think it's pretty cool that the hawks are going to host the New Orleans Pelicans at Skyhawks, you know, arena, I guess, or mm-hmm. whatever you call it. But uh, but it is a kind of a cool, um, you know, idea and in, uh, in venue. So uh, I, I do think that the Hawks are doing themselves some good hosting the Pelicans down at College Park and, and having, you know, an NBA preseason game down there. Yeah, I mean, it's just like last year where the Pelicans hosted the Hawks at uh, Legacy Arena out there in Birmingham, which is the home of their G League affi- affiliate. Um, the squadron. So I think it's just kind of awesome that, you know, the NBA is is trying to make some inroads there and growing the fan base as far as the G League is concerned. And I mean, the the Phoenix Suns, they're actually in the process of trying to get a G League team going out in Phoenix or, or in Arizona. I'm not sure where the team will actually end up. But I mean, now all 30 teams have G League affiliates, which you know, will be kind of cool to see how much it can kind of help to develop some of those young players, which is why a lot of these teams go out and get those G League affiliates. So looking at the regular season schedule, um, you know, there there's some definite landmines, you know, for the Hawks. I mean, they have five of eight on the road to start off with, um, five of eight to end the year, which was a, certainly a lot different situation than they had at the end of last year five of eight on the road to end the year four out of six mm-hmm. um on the road to end the, the very end of the season it, it feels like that this schedule i mean again i know it all balances out to yeah. you know the 82 <laughs> games but yeah. you know again you, I, I i look at the nba in in chunks mm-hmm. of the schedule like i don't i don't look at the whole thing i look at you know blips on the radar and mm-hmm. you know there's there's some definite landmines uh, when you look at the beginning and end of the year with a lot of road games. And, and certainly mm-hmm. this team probably, you know, again, they probably need to be a better road team overall, not just try to pile up wins at home. Absolutely. I mean, I was telling someone this exact same thing. We know that they are 41 games at home, 41 games on the road, but it does feel like the Hawks have, for some reason, it just feels like they have a very road-heavy schedule. And as you mentioned, it starts out the season pretty road heavy and it ends the season pretty road heavy. They don't have their longest stretch of home games until January when they have what a six or so home game stand. Um, obviously you have to look at the rest of the, the league to kind of see how that shakes up. But the Hawks do get, in my opinion, a bit of a raw deal where they have to travel for these extended periods um, to kind of get these games going. And we know what they looked like on the road. We know what they looked like at home. And for the longest time, they struggled at home last season. So I think the big thing for the Hawks this year is making sure that they do protect home base, but also making sure that they're, they're not like um, <clears throat> the, the Warriors were last year where they did really, really well at home, but they had a really hard time out there on the road. So with Clint Snyder at the helm, you know, you, you, you look to, to see this team really take advantage of his expertise and 
And now that his system is in place, they have a whole season to to get it going. How how are the Hawks approaching this in-season tournament? I mean, that's going to start, you know, somewhere around, you know, Thanksgiving, and it goes into early mm-hmm. December. The, the knockout rounds go into early December. How are they mm-hmm. kind of approaching this? I mean, it does count toward the regular season, but, you know, again, it's – it's a tournament, and and, yeah. I, and I don't like. It. I mean, I'll be. I'll, I'll fully admit. I, I don't like it. I, I I don't think. I don't, I don't see where there's a benefit when there's still a thousand right. games to be played. You know, a, ahead of them. I. How are they kind of approaching the idea of this in-season tournament? I think they have to approach it like any other game. If we're being honest, this is a team that had a very mediocre season last year. They were forty-one and forty-one. So. I think as many games as they can get under their belt to build up chemistry, especially since they're continuing to try and run this backcourt with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, the better. So I, I think that if you're trying to build up camaraderie and go out there and, and winning some extra money, I think that's a great way to start, um, especially when you have uh, reports of, a, of, a, of a, a team that, you know, kind of struggled to have some of that camaraderie at some moments last season. Lauren Williams joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You know, the other part of the schedule is, I mean, they play most of the month of March on the road. I mean, yeah. like like that is, I, I don't know. I mean, like when I looked at that, just that's a weird stretch that they have where, you know, yes, I, I understand that the West Coast part of things, you know, and when you go out there, you're going to play all your games out there. But most of from the 29th of February until the 21st of March, I mean, they're almost exclusively on the road. I think it's two home games is it. I mean, that that feels like a a real rough patch of the schedule for any. I mean, I don't care what team you are. I don't care if you're the the Warriors or whoever. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a tough stretch that the Hawks have come early March. Yeah, I think, you know, fortunately for them, it does end up balancing out toward the end of the 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 months there because they finish off the month with about what five home games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's only seven home games total that month alone. I, I, like I said, I feel like the Hawks do get a really raw end of the deal, especially when you're looking at who they have to play. They're playing the Nets. Um, they're playing the Knicks who, you know, continue to rise. They, you know, went to the second round of the playoffs last season. And then they have the Clippers and Lakers who again are teams that are expected to be competing teams. So I think they got a pretty raw deal there in that month. I think they got a pretty raw deal, in my opinion, when you look at the in-season tournament, when we touched on that a little bit, um, with how they're they're trying to compete for it. They compete on, I mean, the last game that they have, excuse me, is against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is another team that is expected to be uh, a, a team that goes pretty deep in the playoffs with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland there. So it's, it's, they have, like you said, they have a lot of monsters that they're going to have to face, and uh, you have to hope that this team gets things going early in the season, as opposed to trying to turn it on and, um, you know, having a head coach firing be the thing that lights a fire under their butt. <laughs> so, you know, Lauren, let me ask you, let me ask you about the roster. I mean, yeah, you know, we we hear a lot of rumors, and, and man, I mean the the rumor mill surrounding the Hawks. Had, mm-hmm. had, they've been involved in every trade imaginable. I, I don't care what level of player, but but the Hawks have been you know listed, and I understand mm-hmm. that that websites and things like that have to fill content. But mm-hmm. how 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 much is fact versus fiction? Like how much do you think the Hawks are really in? You know, again, the Pascal Siakam and mm-hmm. players like that. Like how how much do you really think? How much do you really buy into some of that talk and and things like that that the Hawks are involved in? Oh, I I definitely buy into them being active in those discussions. I mean, part of the reason why a lot of these deals often take so long is because you're trying to get multiple teams involved. And, you know, you want to make sure that everybody comes away from these multi-team deals happy. And those deals are so easy to fall apart. We saw it happen with the Boston Celtics and uh, the LA Clippers when they tried to, uh, to trade Malcolm Brogdon as part of that deal that ended up getting them Chris Tapp's Brzingis. So I, I definitely buy into it. And then you also have to factor in that, you know, it's been noted that Pascal Siakam says that 
he doesn't intend to extend his contract with whatever team he ends up getting traded to. So you have to factor that in into the decision making and, and that process that, you know, the Hawks are trying to be players in that market. But, you know, it, it's it's hard. If you're asking me about that Pascal Siakam trade, I if I were in that front office, I wouldn't do it, especially if you have a guy who has come out and said that, you know, he's not willing to resign. Um, you know, I, I love Pascal Siakam's game, but I, I'm not sure with this roster as it stands right now, even if you move some of the reported pieces that, you know, this team has been reported to have dangled out to the Raptors there. I, I don't think he makes this team better um, right away. And I I think they're a couple of pieces away from that. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll kind of put you on the spot with this. Do mm-hmm. you think do you think that the Hawks roster talent wise is mm-hmm. better than better now or you know be, let me ask you is the Hawks roster better right now today than they were when they lost to the Boston Celtics and wrapped up the season You know I right now I don't think this team is better than when they ended the season um, in fact, I think that, I, you know, with trading John Collins, which is a deal that they definitely needed to make, um, you know, I, I think they got a little bit worse, especially in the front court. I think right now they're, you have to bank on a guy like either Sadiq Bey or, or Jalen Johnson kind of really stepping up to fill that void that they lost with, John, with the John Collins trade. I mean, they lost another pretty good rim protector who, who had Clint Capella, you know, kind of, you know, there helping him out. I know that's a very, very mild way of putting that, <laughs> but they were a very big duo. Um, you're also banking on Onyeko Kongu having another big year, and I don't think there are any plans for him to move to the four, um, especially because he's you know, currently their backup five. So I think you're banking on some of these young players really having some breakout years, and time will only tell if these guys will have those breakout years so as the roster stands i don't think they did get better so lauren i mean give me some therapy all of this because <laughs> uh console me you know rub my yeah. head i mean something because it it feels like for a- almost a year now every move has been about salary cap i, I mean mm-hmm. it's i mean and i i, I totally agree with you that Again, I keep saying this. They're not a better roster than they were when they lost to the Celtics. But every move feels like every time I see a move from the Hawks in a transaction, well, we saved Mm -hmm. $3.5 million here. Well, we saved $6 million here. Well, we've got the John Collins. But, you know, we hey, we have this exemption. Well, okay. I mean, again, but if you're going to take advantage of the $25 million exemption, you're going to go right back in the luxury tax if if, if you enact that. So, Mm -hmm. again, I I just feel like every move – that the Hawks make is surrounded around the salary cap and luxury tax and not so much getting better. And I, I know they won't say it that way. Perception has the same effect as truth. And and if everybody looks at it and says, well, gee, the Hawks are just trying to save themselves some money. I mean, help me understand that these these moves are trying to get better, not just lower the luxury tax throw or be over the salary cap. Yeah, I think that if you're able to go out and make a trade to take advantage of that John Collins um, trade exception, then, of course, you're trading for somebody that will make the roster better. So at least they have that flexibility, especially heading into the trade deadline. Um, You get to see kind of who's available and who's, you know, looking to, to make deals happen, especially some of those teams who might be ready to buy now um, and win now in terms of the finals and everything like that. So I, I don't know. I, I personally, as it stands, I'm glad that there's this team isn't in the luxury tax. I'm glad that they have a lot more flexibility moving forward to try and make something happen. So I think that's kind of what I walk away from a lot of the deals that they've made so far. It's just having some flexibility as they try to build this roster to be better. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think only I think that's the consolation prize that you can take away from this right now. Yeah, I just I, I want a better basketball team. I mean yeah. I mean I, I I don't know how you get there and and again I I know all of the rumors that the Hawks are I, I just want a better basketball team. I want this yeah. thing to get turned around and I don't and I personally don't think that just having Quinn Snyder 
is enough to just get this thing where it needs to be on track. I still think that there are things about this roster that are flawed, mm-hmm. but uh, again, that's that's why they play the games, right? I mean, yes. that's you know, we'll we'll see what happens in all of this. So, Lauren yeah. Williams, she covers the Atlanta Hawks with Atlanta Constitution. Check out all of her work at AJC.com, and you can follow her on her personal Twitter page at Williams Lauren L. Lauren, as always, appreciate a few minutes on the show. We'll chat again, obviously, here through uh, this preseason and getting into the regular season. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chuckery. You got it. John Chuckery here. Sports Radio, that's in the game, the Odyssey.com app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.